Game Boys. Hey there, Internet. Welcome to another episode of the Game Boys Podcast. My name is Lex, and joining me as always, it's the only guy on the internet who doesn't want to fuck the fish tube. It's Griffin Davis. That's a fucking, that's just a plain wrong. I want to fuck the fish tube. Why don't I get to fuck the fish tube? I just thought maybe you'd be like one of the good ones. I feel like we're already past fish tube. We're on to the next transportation system. I've seen, I've seen plane fish. Yeah, I was watching plane fish this morning where they were dumping trout into the lake from a plane. Yeah, fucking fish plane. You seen fish plane? Um, yeah, yeah, they were they were dropping fit trout from a plane into a lake in Utah. You seen fish plane? And it was uh, so many fish. I'm a good podcast guest. I'm waiting to be introduced before I talk. Nice. That was that was a test. <laughs> you passed. We're we're not throwing you off the plane just yet. Um yeah, fish are finding all kinds of crazy ways to get around is my big is my big takeaway from this week. I, I just are they alive at the end of the tube? It's oh, yeah. Thing. Yeah. I mean, did you watch the fish tube video? They're alive and they are happy. <laughs> 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 yeah, uh, it's incredible. Uh, it seems like we start every podcast now talking about what was hot on Twitter like six days before this drops. Uh, so guys, continue to look forward to that. Well, but- that's to be fair. That's because this week's coming out later than usual. Oh, yeah. We're going to be extra late on this one. <laughs> yeah, that's I, true. Maybe, I think it's a fish tube month. Like I said, before we start recording, I'm having a weird month. It might be partially because of the fish tubes. Who knows? But let's slide down kind of a different tube. Mm. A guest tube <laughs> or a tube that leads to our great guest. And this tube definitely fucks. <laughs> this tube, yeah. This tube fucks you. Uh, he is an incredible gamer. He's one of the elites. He's highly rated on the forums. He's a sketch comedian. Is part of one of my favorite teams luck ever. You know, when I was just a boy traveling to Los Angeles. Before you you had this mustache. Before I had weird August mustache. I saw this team, Haymaker, and they were amazing. And they were like, whoa, like. L.A. has some cool stuff going on, some weird dudes. <laughs> and you uh, got the weirdest. <laughs> yeah. I was like, my dudes are all normal here in Texas. <laughs> they got the weird ones out here. Uh, it's it, uh, always been one of my favorite sketch shows to see in L.A. at the Pack Theater, Haymaker. Uh, he's also a contributor for BunnyEars.com. Welcome to Game Boys, Jesse Arlen Klein. Hey, how's it going, everyone? Uh, yeah, I think that fish tube's pretty exciting. Yeah. Uh, this isn't like the first, like they used to do that. There's a great, uh, book about how they used to transport animals. Mm -hmm. And there's a great one about how they tried to, uh, transport beavers via parachute. Oh, hell yeah. Just like drop them out of the airplane, but they kept on dying from heart attacks. Oh my God. (laughs) Oh, that reminds me of the very sad walrus thing on the David Attenborough documentary on Netflix where the walruses climb up on cliffs because of like ice cap erosion mm-hmm. then they don't have good vision so they can't figure out how to get off the cliffs right so they keep jumping off and killing themselves yeah, yeah. Uh, is this a happy animal podcast we usually decide in the first five minutes All right, if, we're going we're I going, think we're going for tragedy yeah this today. is a tragedy well, podcast. Yeah, we got a dark good game to, to talk about yeah <laughs> it's it's really tragic uh but you know we ask every every guest this question the top Jesse mm-hmm. uh what have you been playing this week and if you haven't been playing any games it can be more of a spiritual question because life is a game slash highway man what have I been playing 
Uh, I got a game on my phone. Okay, a fake game. Yeah, fake gamer over here. Yeah, <laughs> super fake gamer. I've put zero money into it, even oh. though it asks me every goddamn day. It's like, hey, for six hundred percent increase, <laughs> you'll get more gold and experience. I'm like, six hundred percent of what? This doesn't make any sense. Six hundred percent more elves yeah. to collect your silver. I'm like, I don't get, I don't get what percentage you're basing this off. You've got no system of measurement. Uh, so I've been playing. What is it called? It's called. Um, it's called. I'm looking on my phone. Yeah, check it out. Yeah, right, hold up. It's but, called AFK Arena. Oh, and I like it because AFK stands for away from keyboard. Thank you for and, clarifying. And I like that I have to put zero time into progressing in this game. Okay, so the goal of the game is to actually not play, but pretend you're there. Yeah, basically, like it. It just like it collects experience and gold for you, so you can only you only need to play the game at like three minutes at a time. Hmm. What is the game exactly? I don't know. It's like basically you got like a bunch of dudes fighting other dudes, and you just want to progress your dudes past sure. the other dudes. Okay. Uh, classic classic got, game. It's got like RPG elements, like a lot of dude on dude violence. Just so much dude on dude violence. Well, you got player versus player, player versus environment, and dude yeah. versus dude. The three types man of versus, game design. Man versus nature. Mm-hmm. Man versus himself. <laughs> yes. Dude, dude versus, versus dude. dude. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and then yeah, you just uh, you just got dudes fighting each other. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, that, that's good. great. So you've been you've been you've been on the on the mobile path recently. Yeah. Life. I when you asked me to do this game, the last console I owned was a PlayStation One, uh, and I mostly played Crash Team Racing, Epic, and uh, Gran Turismo. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so you had a need for speed. I liked that speed. Those were the, mostly the two games I played. I mm-hmm. uh, and then I mean I played a little bit on my computer. I think the last game I bought for my computer was uh, Legacy of Kane Defiance, hmm. Whoa. which was a, which was a tight fucking game. Sounds like the exact kind of game that Lux probably has played and has opinions on, but yeah. me he's never heard of. I've played it's it. It's t- good. Yeah. There we go. That's what I thought. It's the last in the Soul Reaver franchise, ah. and Legacy of Kane franchise. What a franchise! Tale as old as time. The souls get re. Crystal once Dynamics, again. man. Crystal hey, Dynamics. Crystal Dynamics. They're making yeah. the new Square Enix Marvel Avengers game that I, for some reason, have decided to defend when it's clearly going to be bad. Moving on. was such trash. I don't know why. I this is the hill that I sometimes there's hills you die on, and that's one of them for me. <laughs> At least for now. Uh, Lux, what have you been playing this week? Fire Emblem, baby. It Sounds doesn't good. stop. Doesn't stop. I'm like Let's talk about it for five, the next year. I'm like four or five months away from finishing my second playthrough. I haven't had a wow. ton of time to play because of uh, PWR stuff. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, okay. I'm closing on saying I'm finishing my second playthrough. And then I'm excited for my third playthrough and I'll get all the Jesus endings. Jesus Christ. Okay. That's incredible. I'm playing it too. Uh, I loving it, but also having some complaints now, Lux. There's a little bit of too much filler for my taste. And like, I just want to get to the next main mission. I'm very overpowered. And I got to get through like four weeks. It's like, I don't even need to train anyone anymore. It's like, everyone is just OP. That's basically at the end. I just started just doing seminars because they're the quickest and I just don't care. And I never felt that way about like a game like Persona 5. Like I wanted to still see all the story and the stuff going on. And it didn't feel feel just as like 
I don't know, the repetition is kind of slowly grinding me in the second half of the game. Yeah, the progression isn't paced as well as it could be. Like, by the time you're like a couple months after like the big, big break in the middle, like progression stuff is kind of boring or at least kind of grindy. But the story then, keeps getting better, though, because yeah. now you actually have to kill kids and there's kid on kid violence. Oh, yeah. Thank God. You finally. Know. It's like finally get... it's like the first 45 hours are just like a it's child like a pre, murder. Like a, no, they're a pregame to a Hunger Games. Oh, it's like like you don't like you're like all these kids might kill each other one day. And then it's like, boom, now the kids are killing each other. Now, this is the game that like Roy and Marth and Ike are from, right? Yeah, but I don't think they're, the they're, they're not game. in this game. But oh, it's, okay. the, it's that franchise, though. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Um, Just goddamn Roy's my boy. Roy's your boy? Yeah. Roy's sweet. Um, I, uh, I couldn't get attached to them because I didn't know where they were from. Oh, sure. Uh, don't trust these strangers. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I can't, I can't brawl with strangers. I'm sorry, yeah, I can I'm, only brawl with brothers. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Big fan Mario of the time traveling Lady Lucina over here. Um, uh, as for me, Lux, uh, been playing Fire Emblem, but also I have been playing Overwatch Two, 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 baby. They fixed the game. This is probably the biggest moment in Overwatch history since the game was released. For those of you guys who don't know, now they've changed the system to where you have to pick two tanks. Two DPS, two healers, and the game is finally balanced, Lux. And it's super fun, uh, and it's harder. Yeah, I bet. I bet. Well, so many people are specialized in, like, just doing, like, very specific things. Yeah. And this kind of, like, limits that and kind of makes more demands for, like, semi-versatility. Right. Like, it both makes you have to play a more specific role, but have to play it in different ways. Yeah. Um, well, which I, is cool I'm excited and smart. To, to play with the Overwatch squad, get them on it and see. Um, they're all kind of noobs, so they might not like it. We'll have to see. Uh, but, guys, we've got a great game to talk about this week. But before we do, let's warm up with a little bit of video game news. Welcome back to everyone's favorite video game news segment. It's Toxic or Toxic. That's right. It's the video game news segment where I say stuff that happened in the video game news and you guys say from the gut if you think it's toxic as in bad gamer culture incel get it off my internet Mm -hmm. or if it's toxic as in the britney spears song sure which is a hit a slap a banger and the voice of every generation so i like lucky personally (laughs) well you can also sing that song in uh in addition if you feel so i'm starting off guys uh ninja switches from twitch to mixer uh um i guess toxic i mean like okay that's i don't know i don't I mean, I guess no. Actually, it's good. It's the, it's the good song. Listen, I big think, streamer. I think. I think number one streamer. Yeah, I think anytime you know where a ninja is, it's it's a good it's a good toxic. <laughs> okay, so you're you're because you're, you, then you're not concerned that they surprise you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Also, <laughs> I think it's, I yes. think it's, I take it back. I also think it's good toxic, both for that very good reason. And also because, like, anyone who's directing money away from Amazon probably That's is. exactly why yeah. I was going to say doo-doo-doo-doo. Uh, Jeff Bezos is, cr- is crying tonight because he lost his ninja. Yeah. Also, I mean, I don't know. If, is he making more money doing that? Like, did he sign a deal or something? Yeah, he's just making more money doing it for Microsoft now. Microsoft started their own Twitch called Mixer, and it's probably not going to be made as well. Good for him, though. Like, fucking, you can make money playing video games now. Like, go ahead. But then, funnily, I don't know if on accident or on purpose, 
the old page where Ninja used to Twitch stream now accidentally led to a porn site or something mm. like that. Oh yeah, that uh, was so, awesome. Yeah, so like a bunch of his fans actually went there wait, and he's so, mad. So, wait, we should actually talk about that for a second because it was really yeah. funny. So <laughs> what happened was somehow, some way, and I haven't done enough research to know, but I think it was just a prank. Someone was able to get like the problem. Twitch can't always tell when someone's streaming video games versus video game pornography. And so someone was able to use the Ninja channel to stream Fortnite porn that people made that just looked like Fortnite, but they were fucking. And it went on for a couple hours and like tens of thousands of people went to his channel and just had to see Fortnite porn. And that is a good prank. Yeah. Solid. Yeah. I mean, I mean, no one should have to see Fortnite porn. I think brings a whole new meaning to flossing. (laughs) Gross, but true. (laughs) I always, uh, and backpack kid. <laughs> oh, that was uh, harder to understand. The blanks on that one. That's asking a little more of the audience, I think, with that one. <laughs> Moving on, uh, two people accused of stealing $25,000 worth of equipment from a gaming truck. What do, you guys, what do you guys think of these Robin Hoods? Wait, why are they? Did they give this equipment to people in need or did they just steal it from a yeah yeah these sound just like robbers <laughs> so, the, so robin hood hold the hood yeah just robbing people yeah um, um, that's toxic bad okay yeah, i think that's toxic bad because well obviously crime is cool um it has to oh, at least yeah, sure it has to be like at least like have some kind of thing going on that isn't just we want the stuff. Yeah, it has to be political and guys, sorry, this wasn't a political theft. Well, it doesn't have to be political. That. It could just be like we stole $25,000 no. of game equipment to make a, a house out of it and it's art. Uh, that'd be cool. like, that's fine, whatever. As long as you're doing yeah. something with it, it isn't just like, hey, we got some stuff. Hey guys, five months from now we see that there's like some uh, amazing barn for like Foster horses made out of PlayStation fours. Okay. Uh, also, also stealing, stealing from a truck is the worst. Like just like running up to a truck and grabbing stuff. That's not. That's the least cool way to steal something. Yeah. You 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 can respect when it's in motion and steal when it's securely in a building or like things a pickpocket. Literally pocket. Things literally fall off of trucks. It's that easy to steal from them. Yeah. Well, guys, it seems like uh, that was a test you guys both passed. Um, Thank God. Okay, guys, this is kind of a kind of a, a big last one. According to Infinity Ward, Call of Duty Modern Warfare is not political. Toxic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. Uh, let's do a quote. Do we touch topics that bear a resemblance to the geopolitic <laughs> to the geopolitics of the world we live in today? Hell yeah, because that is the subject matter of Modern Warfare 4. Uh, are we telling a story that has anything to do with the specific governments of any countries we're portraying? No. Uh, and then he says, you could set the same story in 1980s Afghanistan and you'd have the same story. And it would be political. I think it's. It's impossible to do a war game based in the real world and not have it have political like there's a level where you play a child soldier in this game. Yeah, that doesn't sound political at all. It's also like you can't even have a war game in any world that isn't to some degree political because there's a war for reasons and like those reasons have to do with things. Yeah. <laughs> like uh <laughs> Yeah, uh listen like um 
there there's a there's a lot of uh, stuff about, you know, um, the Iran nuclear war treaty. But politicians, please stay in your lane. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> look, do not do not invade our pure video game. Uh, other reality. It's like, what if they just like in response, like, you know, what? we're just going to change like we're going to change it to like Afghanistan, <laughs> different country. Uh, the Jewish Afghanistan kind of country we invented. Uh, so no politics there. All the guns are now just hot dogs. <laughs> now this is a, a shooting game I would play. Now that's again. Now Lux's ears are perking up. I love well, a guys, hot dog. We talked about this. That I go to sporting events just so I have an excuse to feel, eat a hot dog and not feel weird about it. Oh yeah, we talk about this a lot. That's but. why I go to Costco. <laughs> oh, oh, another another similar another sporting experience. arena. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the gladiatorial <laughs> arena of savings. <laughs> uh, you know, that's the only reason I go to the LA Dodger Stadium is for them for them Dodger dogs or for yeah, the exactly. Costco there. And also, guys, I'm about to get canceled, but there's also an incredible Hooters at <laughs> Dodger Stadium. Now, wait, uh, let's look into this for a second. What makes a Hooters incredible? Incredible. First, no waitresses. That's what makes a Hooters incredible. <laughs> That's that actually is kind of incredible. Honestly, yeah, hundred percent. In every sense of the word. Like, oh, this fixes everything because then they're just like upper middle class hot, hot wings. Yeah, like they're they're better than a lot of the shitty fast food hot wings at other places. And there's no shame. And it's like like if anything, it's all dudes there. Uh, right, like you're not. You don't get that weird feeling of like, why am I horny, but also eating wings? No, it's like I, I'm never I, I, I'm never horny at a Hooters because that's where I used to go, like after baseball games with my right, dad. Right. Well, like not, that's yeah. where he loved to take us. Sorry. And like the wings, I think, are good. Uh, and and that's why I go to the Dodgers Hooters. No, the wings are good. I guess what I'm saying is that why, when you're at Hooters, the weird feeling is, why am I supposed to be horny while I'm eating wings? Yeah, like yeah, why yeah, does this right. place Wait. want me to be horny while I eat my wings? Wait, why do you? Why are you not horny eating wings at a Buffalo Wild Wings or anywhere else? Because <laughs> I'm too invested in the wings. Yeah, yeah. my my least favorite thing about Hooters is when you go and the waitress kind of like hangs around waiting for you to harass her because that's just kind of like. Uh part of the agreement with Hooters. God. And it's like, this is incredibly awkward for everyone. Yes. No one wants to be here. Please let me go home. Yeah. But I think it's crazy that like they, they, they're like, they're still doubling down on it. You know, like I don't think they've changed anything. Mm, yeah. They doubled down on Hooters. <laughs> no, I'm saying like they haven't changed, like they haven't like modified anything about their experience. And and, and that's why it's like, that's why you got to go. Well, that's because Hooters is for Hooters guys and Hooters guys will never change. Be a woke yeah. wing soldier. Go to the Dodger stadium. But guys, woke wing let's talk about video games, not hot wings. We've got an incredible game on that Jesse's picked today. But first, as always, I think we should hear a little bit of history about this game. In 1985, English game designer Peter Molyneux was a failure. He had invested all of his resources into creating a game called The Entrepreneur, a text-based simulation game about running a business. The game only sold two copies upon release. Giving up on video games, he started running Taurus Impex Limited, a company that exported baked beans to the Middle East. It was a small operation, which made it even more surprising when Commodore International, an American home computer and electronics manufacturer, took their baked bean company, Taurus, for a programming company called Taurus. 
The difference was only a few letters, but Molyneux lied to the company and said yes, they were Taurus and they would take their business. Molyneux received 10 free computers from Commodore and delivered an actual product they were pleased with, despite being a company that sold baked beans. From this lucrative deal and freak accident, he gained enough capital to start his own video game company. Over the next two decades, he would produce a variety of successful games, but in 2000, on the eve of the release of the original Xbox, Molyneux blatantly promised he was making the best game ever made. The hype cycle continued for four more years, with Molyneux promising a world with breathtakingly beautiful places filled with waterfalls, mountains, dense forests, and populated with compelling and convincing characters with real personality, people who actually reacted to what you did. The game was released in 2004 to positive critical and financial success, despite many of the features Molyneux promised not actually being in the game. This week, it's Fable. An explosion tight. noise. Yeah. Uh, anyways, Molyneux's the boy. Oh, he's, he's, the, he's the original E3 grifter. Uh, he's yeah. incredible. Yeah, yeah, he's amazing. He's promised basically anything in any video game. Mm-hmm. And it's almost never true. Yeah, he, and he's the original, like, proof that nothing matters. That you can just say anything. Man is mortal. Nothing matters. Yeah. And, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and, and like... He's done this with all sorts of games, but there's like so many things that he promised with this game specifically uh, that are so funny. But the Um, thing is, like, Fable is a solid game. Like, despite that, it's such a solid. Like, it is. It is the C plus of games. It's just down the middle of the lane. You're a hero. You do magic. You make morality choices. That was the big selling point on this game was like, if you were a good guy, it would show and people would treat you nicely. And if you're a bad guy, you'd grow horns and people would be scared of you. And like, that was the big selling point of the game. But it's also just a solid game with a good combat system. And it's fun to play. And terribly over the top Monty Python voice acting. Yeah. Like, (laughs) I, I actually Fable is one of the games that I like really love for reasons that are hard to articulate. It's like one <laughs> of my favorite game experiences from when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And part of it is that like it's making fun of so much stuff while also doing the same stuff in a pretty good way. Like it's definitely taking digs at RPGs, but also just like it's just a game about basically like presenting yourself to people because the game rewards you no matter what you do, whether you make good or bad choices Right. And all adult, every choice in that game, and especially in Fable 2, is like just an aesthetic choice. At the end of the day, it's like, do you kill the traitors or help them? And it's like, well, if I kill them, I get horns. But if I help yeah. them, I get a halo. Like, each, and that's each a, a great outcome. <laughs> like, yeah. do if if you could actually get horns for being evil, that's way too good of an incentive to be evil. Well, it also just like doesn't punish you in an evil crack. Yeah. <laughs> huh? Right? Like in like a in like say like a BioWare game like a Mass Effect like Jade Empire or something if you're evil like some characters won't talk to you or like bad things will happen or you'll get worse deals at the market or whatever. There's like one Mass Effect game where the game just gives you acne if you're bad or something like that. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot like, of like, it, like, it like fucks your face up with like sun in f- yeah. In Fable, if you're evil, the worst thing that happens is your sister is a little disappointed in you. <laughs> right, like, exactly. She, she just is kind of judgmental about your choices. <laughs> and if which, you're really evil, you can kill her anyway and get a cool sword. Yeah. <laughs> the sister sword. Yeah, like, it's made out of her. Yeah, like, that's the thing is this game is so fun because like, 
it's it purports that you're making ethical choices, but you're really not like there's right. no cost to any ethical choice. It's just aesthetic. And I think that fucking rules. But this is just like the KOTOR episode where like one of the first moral choices they give you in the game is yeah. like this like homeless guy or something like that. And you can either like choose to help the homeless guy. And it's like, oh, help him. You're 20 good guy points. Or you could just murder him is the other option. And then it's like, oh, you're a bad guy. That's 20 bad points. And it's like, are those equal actions? Like yeah. murder <laughs> or and, like, help? help? Yeah. Like it's like, it's, it's very funny from the get go that it's like, oh this is just gonna be like kind of wild well <laughs> the thing the thing i like is like even though there are no incentives to do good or bad the game's really good at like like the game starts off and you're you're just a little boy trying to be a big boy in oakvale i think is the name of the town and like there's just like a kid who wants you to like break up a bunch of boxes and if you don't do it he just stands in front of you and calls you a wimp and like goes like Come on, break these boxes with me. Like, do it. Come on, you want to do it? Who knows what's inside them? Don't be a wimp. Break these boxes. For like three hours. Yeah, and like, as a player, you're like, yeah, I don't want this fucking child to, to tell me what to do. I'll right. break these goddamn boxes. Yeah. And then you do it and you get bad guy points. <laughs> yeah, the opening, the opening fucking rips precisely because that, like, it, because it starts out with your dad being like, uh, you're like, oh, I've got to buy a birthday present for me sister. And your dad's like, well, I can't give you any money. So you either got to go do some hard work and then you got to go do that. And then someone's like, oh, you could steal the money. And it's like, oh, it's like that. And then the game is like all and like nothing different happens no matter what. Like the village gets raided and everything bad happens. Right. But like, he, like, like, as he's saying, like, there's just all these ways that the game like kind of drives you into like different directions. Like, I remember very distinctly, if you do the hard work thing, there's a guy nearby who's like, you don't want to spend all day doing that, do you? And yeah. it's like, oh, maybe I don't. Um, and it rules. Like, that's the thing is the game, there's no mechanical bonus to going one way or the other, but, like, the game style makes characters and NPCs that are funny and interesting enough that they drive you to make choices in certain ways sometimes. And, like, that's cool. I like well, that. And, and there's also things like uh, there are spells that are, like, uh, what do you call it, area effect spells and like if you're a good guy you, you can't use those spells and unless you're being very careful because you get to hit a lot of innocent people with them so like there are like and if you're trying to be good then like there are things where it's like you can't there's some things that you just can't do because you're just gonna get a bunch of evil points for it right yeah and they're yeah. like mission rewards you miss out on for being bad and stuff but it's um, true but yeah, overall, for like its time, it was like fun and like people were still playing around with that mechanic. Yeah. Well, especially like the thing I was saying about the aestheticized ethics is so true in this game, particularly because like the your alignment can shift based on your like facial hair and tattoos. Yeah, you get a tattoo. Like there are looks that can change like the way your alignment functions. Like you can go from like not that evil, like evil enough to have horns if you like get a mohawk and a goatee and like a face tat. Then yeah. all of a sudden you also get horns and like. I love like I love that about about this game. It's like everything just manifests on your character's body. Like if you get strong like stat like strength stats up high enough, you turn super buff. Yeah. Um. Or like if you get magic stats up high enough, you get cool like tattoo glowy markings. Um. And it's, it's just fucking, the, it's so fun. It's just such a fun fucking game. It's one of the first games that I remember. Like I think 
it was I don't know which of the Oblivion games did this, but it was the first RPG I ever played where it's like if you wanted to be good at archery, it wasn't like you waited till you leveled up and you just put a point into archery. You just went out and shot a bow a bunch of times. And the more times you use that skill, the better you got at it, like technically, like in the real world. And then by the end of it, if you just used a bow, you would just like you could feel powering up. You could yeah. feel it power up. So by the by the end, you could zoom in really far and you would shoot like 17 magical arrows that would hang in the air mm -hmm. and like attack the target all at the same time. Yeah, like and it ran kind of pretty well for all 2004 considered. Like, I mean, there's melee combat, there's bow combat, and mm -hmm. there's magic combat. And you can choose to like kind of get good at any of those. Uh, and they're all pretty fun to use. And to be yeah. honest, it had some pretty spicy glitches. Like, I love <laughs> that era of games. You know when a glitch is good? <laughs> yeah, no, it's true, though. There's glitches that make it so that, like, oh, I can't go through this door. And there's other glitches that are like, oh, this townsperson somehow got stuck in the <laughs> polygon of this wall. And for the rest of this game, this one guy will be stuck in a wall just yelling at me whenever I walk by. And, like, that's <laughs> the kind of glitch I love to see. Oh. I remember I remember my first playthrough, like a quest giver was upside down in a fountain. And it <laughs> yeah. was just like, that's that guy's life now. <laughs> we yeah. love to see it. Yeah, yeah I, like that shit's great to me. Like, I... Obviously, like, I'm happier now that most games don't have terrible glitches and it's and it's like smoother. But part of me does kind of miss just like, yeah, like random upside down guy or like for some reason, the guy who I'm supposed to talk to to drop off this bag of potions is in the sky in a way where I can't possibly reach him. Like, yeah, yeah you know, like we have we have we have all these incredible graphics composers, virtual reality four dimensions, but everyone's right side up. You know, <laughs> no one's in a fountain. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No one is in a fountain anymore. Let's get some people wet. Um, so one thing you guys, you know, we've talked around a little bit, but we haven't gotten super into is the combat and how it's just like so goofy and fun. It's like, I like, it's like that, simple. It's easy, but it's like fun to get good at stuff. Well, it's a like nice little, with the bow. It's a nice little mishmash of like it's single button combat with three buttons. Like, yeah, each combat mode has a different button and all you do is just press the button, whether it's like stabby or shooty or magic time. Yeah, this game kind of feels just like a, a souped up Lego game. <laughs> It kind of is. It kind of controls the city. Yeah. Uh, and because it's got a lock on and then when you're in lock on, your movement changes. Like you do yeah. like action rolls and stuff yeah. like that, which uh, funny enough, I think Legacy of Kane Defiance had a very similar kind of thing okay, going on. we get it. That game listen, was a masterpiece. Let, listen, you did all that research on one game. Let <laughs> me bring you a different game. <laughs> this is a classic head fake. Once again, we've been owned. <laughs> I would love for someone to just take over the podcast and just do, do it, but with a different game. I mean, in I a way, that's sort of what happened last episode. <laughs> oh, yeah. That is true. Uh, but yeah, the combat was awesome. Uh, and the magic looked really cool too like it was super satisfying yes i remember in an evil playthrough there's just like an aoe attack where you just bomb fire around you and like the more you charged it up the bigger it would get and you would just i remember just like running in the group of enemies and get, aggroing all of them and just doing that move like three times and killing everyone mm -hmm. and it's super satisfying and it feels it feels powerful mm -hmm. yeah just suicide bombing. Yeah, that's yeah. what it's teaching me. <laughs> that's what it's like, taught you. <laughs> like that was a Watch game that just like games. <laughs> that shit was just so much fun. Also, that was the first game I played that had an arena. Oh yeah, I that's think. That. 
like where you just there's a section of the game where you just go to the arena and they're like now 10 stages of different fights each harder than the last and then at the end uh-huh. you win I forgot um, about that. And it it rules. And I love those shits in video games. And that was definitely when I was a kid, the first one I'd ever played. And I like immediately was like, oh, you can do an anime tournament arc, but in a video game. And this is <laughs> so much ass. Um, yeah, I, I liked in Fable 2 where they just did the entire Cell Saga. Yeah, that was so cool. When you when you when you uh, when your dad with one arm shows up and his ghost helps you shoot a laser at a purple alien man. But there's That's but there's so also good. a dog. You can't make this shit up. <laughs> no, the dog is in Majin Buu. I, I know I was uh, the I Fable, there's dogs in all of this Fable two specifically <laughs> Fable 2 like the, dog. the big selling point of Fable two was that you will have a dog and it will also be affected by your morality. Yeah, it's like so not, like, not <laughs> only will Townsville be scared of you, your dog can also get scared of you. Yeah, your but or your dog gets, gets like horns. horns and looks evil and it, scary. Yeah, evil yeah. Steed. yeah. yeah. Uh, and it also like helps find treasure for you. Mm, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, there are some promises, guys. Going back to Molyneux for a second, who is my main fascination with this game. Yeah, your main man, uh, Molyneux. He he promised some stuff that was pretty wild for early two thousands gaming. Uh, he promised that acorns would fall off the trees, and if you waited long enough, you would watch that acorn grow into a new tree. <laughs> yeah, an extremely Peter Molyneux thing to say. Yeah, um, just like a batshit crazy thing that we we don't see in games today, even yeah. like twenty I mean, years they later. Barely, like like so much of the shit that they promised in that game was so ambitious and didn't make it into the game, um, and it still was almost a year long crunch for that game. I was just reading today about how like Steve or Peter Molyneux even like said in like an interview he was like the crunch on this game like ruined people's lives and destroyed their families and relationships because people were working like 80 hour weeks for like a year. Yeah. Um, that's a, yeah which, like, and, and, and also, by the way, if that happened now, fucking, they would be in big trouble. Like that's correct. Oh, oh, really? It's funny you say that because cut to 2014 where Peter Molyneux ran this fucking Kickstarter for a game named Goddess, which he said he could like finish in a year and a half. Turns out, Ran out of money, overworked everyone, and no one on the Kickstarter is getting their rewards. <laughs> uh, Kickstarter, a platform that never sucks and is always good. <laughs> it's like he's just back at it again. He's undefeated. He's untouchable. I kind of like that he's just this guy who has, who for sure in his brain has a vision of what the perfect video game is. Yes. And he keeps <laughs> trying to make it, it and every like time. Not, He's not far off, I think, is the thing. I think that everyone buys in because, like, his vision's pretty close. Like, Black and White is pretty close to a perfect game. Yeah, well, Um, that's Fable's pushing the limits and is, like, aspires to be that. And he just keeps blowing it. Well, Spore, Spore was him, too. Oh, well, that that Uh, one less so. He's not make guys, he's not making these games, though. He's, like, the fucking hippie executive that's, like, I've got the idea. And, like, people that know how to use computers make the game. Right, he's, like, the Zyborn clock guy, if they ever make Design like, clock. Molyneux does not use his email. Like, <laughs> like there's no way he does. Like, it's it just he he lives in a whirlwind of promises. Like, he, he's promising shit to everyone all the time. Yeah, but I think you do have a good point. And like, he's getting close to an amazing game, but also while reaching to make whatever his vision of an amazing game is, he's made a shitload of amazing games. <laughs> like. Yeah, he's, but he's just disappointed in these amazing games that he's made. 
<laughs> right. Like yeah. both black and white and fable, like changed gaming kind of in a lot of fundamental ways, and, like blew up people's minds. Also maybe left, lived up to like half the shit he said was going to be in the game. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is like wild. Lee Manning's promising is crazy, but that's like, that was half the fun. And like, I don't know. I, I have a deep and abiding love for this series. Maybe it's because I'm kind of a narcissist and the game is just about being a narcissist, but mm-hmm. like, they're so fucking fun. Also, that, that also maybe speaks some more to Peter Molyneux because he also seems like a bit of a narcissist. Yeah. So, like, my favorite thing was Fable kind of, I guess, my to cap this sort of review with, like, one of my favorite parts about these games. I played Fable 2 the most. Fable 1 was, like, a little came out and I didn't really own an Xbox. So I played a little bit of it, but I mainly played Fable 2. Um, my favorite part about these games is kind of what Molyneux was trying to do with his original failure game, The Entrepreneur. Mm. Uh, I like, 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 like getting enough money to buy houses and stuff like that and like yeah. buy property and real estate and Trump like would. get a wife and like 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 just like i don't know like it was all those kind of like fun like life simulator stuff that i really liked more than any of like the story or well, the combat or anything like that what made fable 2 so fucking great is that there was basically like a little path that told you where to go and then there was everything else in the world. Yeah. And so right. you could just walk away from the path and like go do like some other magical shit, like get married or like fight a dragon or like build a house or whatever. And you could buy everything. You could eventually like own the whole town. Um, yeah. I mean, you guys are really missing the best part of Fable 2, which was a uh, shops are now open. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, the sense of town crier across the land. <laughs> yeah. I. The thing I really, I think the thing I really liked about Fable One, which is a thing we haven't talked about yet, is uh, the demon doors. Oh like, yeah, oh. like that was the first game I think I ever a hundred percented because all those demon doors, like you come across a door and it gives you a riddle or something like that, and you have to figure out like what you can do to please it. Mm-hmm. Like for instance, one door thinks you're too skinny. So you have to eat a shitload of food and your character gets fat because they do that. And wow. then the demon door is like, great. Yeah. And it opens up and they give you like all these cool, like specialized weapons. It, like they'll give each you a, door just body shames you. Yeah. Each door, there's, <laughs> there's one door where it's like, you have to eat like 20 live chicks in yeah. front of the door for a tote. Cause there's an, uh, there's an evil food in the game called crunchy chick. And if you eat it, you get a couple evil points and some health bag <laughs> and it makes a little like chirpy sound every time you like a chirpy sound and a crunch every time you eat it. And one of the doors, you said to stand in front of it and like eat like 15 of them or whatever. And the door is like, okay, yeah, you're pretty fucked up. Come on okay. in. Yeah. This <laughs> is for psychos. The real ones only. <laughs> yeah. This <laughs> is for real psycho heads only in this door. So please come on in. Um, that's great. Gotta love a door and gotta love, um, this idea in video games that you have to, that you've come across something that's greater than your current strength and you'll have to come back later stronger. Yeah. That was always cool too. That's the best feeling where like there were some demon doors where it was like, I need you to do this thing. And like, it was a thing that was at the very beginning of a game and you didn't, you couldn't do it until the end game. Yeah. So you'd like come back you and you'd be like, come back to that fucking door. You'd be just like a guy who'd killed a million werewolves <laughs> and like 3 billion bandits and just like blood soaked. And then the door opens and it gives you like a shitty, like ice war pick or something like that. It's basically the plot of kingdom hearts. Yeah. Uh, yeesh. Racing. Anything else before we uh, come back for our final thoughts? Um, I mean, just real quick, did you play Fable 3? Uh, no, I did not play Fable 3. I, I think I watched a roommate play Fable 3, though. Yeah, Fable 3. 
think I watched your roommate play Fable 3 too. Yeah, that's that's possible. That's I remember the big thing about Fable 3 is there are guns now. Yeah, there were guns. It gets that was a industri- weird slogan on the front. Yeah. Different time. Yeah. It gets industrial in a weird way. And that's sort of what I want to say is that like another great thing about the Fable we haven't really talked about is that like it this like really good, like bucolic, like farm fantasy, like everything's like trees and like little villages and shit and like nice old fashioned goofy cartoon stuff. And I just like the aesthetic of that game was so so good. Yeah. And it was just so fun to fuck around and be a little idiot in that world as opposed to like nowadays where every fantasy game is like the dragons killed every tree a hundred years ago and now we only <laughs> must defend the one remaining tree against the orcish hordes in a land that's only brown and gray you are a dragon also though yeah it's like <laughs> they're just also grim and shitty and fable was like so fun and goofy and i feel like i want yeah. that's also like divinity original sin is also like one of the other brightly colored uh or rpg games that i really like i've heard good things about that yeah. yeah, my game, of the, games, my game of the don't year. Take yourself serious. It's like it's like for any video game to not take itself seriously is pretty insane. But Fable was like playing a game inside Monty Python's Holy Grail, mm-hmm. like that universe. Like there definitely could have been a rabbit that was the, like the most powerful demon in all the land. Yeah, and that would have fit into Fable perfectly. It was just behind one of those doors. Yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> yeah, it was a. It just like it was a. It was a riff fest that I really. It was like because it it just like had a lot of jokes like and not just like. There was good RPG, like little NPC jokes. There was like good risk in the RPG genre genre. There's also just like you could burp a lot and attract a whole crowd of people to watch you burp and fart. <laughs> and like that rules. Like that's awesome. And, and, it's almost as if they knew we would review this game one day. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll give our final thoughts and ratings right after this commercial break. Hey Lux, what's going on? Uh, not much. I'm working on this bowl of vegetables, but I just don't have any sort of base for this pile of tomatoes and onions. Hmm. Uh, well, have you tried lettuce? I don't know what that is. Okay, uh, it's a new vegetable that's on the market. Uh, I think uh, I, my friend Jesse told me about it. It's kind of been word of mouth circulating a lot lately. Lettuce is the hot new food craze. Yeah, it's super it's trending. trending. Yes. If you go on Instagram now, you see all the kids. They're taking lettuce picks. You get a head of lettuce and you just take a big old bite of it. Fuck your tomatoes and cucumbers. Just a head of lettuce. Just start biting it. Go down the street. No ice cream, just lettuce. Mm-hmm. Iceberg, romaine, the other kinds. <laughs> Take a take a big portion of lettuce in each hand and throw it at your local king as as they're taken down the streets. Oftentimes, I am looking for the right thing to throw, but it's either too light and it just kind of like mm-hmm. falls to the ground, or I overshoot. I need something that's got a nice density, but can get a real good thwack in. And a good head of lettuce will do that, too. Yeah, absolutely. Go to a a stand-up comedy night. Yeah. And if your king is doing stand-up there, throw a head of lettuce at him. Yeah. So you guys are saying, I can use lettuce not only as a base for my pile of vegetables, but also as a way to get attention and clout on social media and to harangue the monarchy? We're just trying to explain why it's trending. Yes. (laughs) But I can do all those different things with it. Yeah, do, it's a with just lettuce. Food. Yeah, so if yeah, so go to justlettuce.com, use the promo code GAMEBOYS, and you'll have unlimited lettuce for life. They will not stop sending it to you. You will have to move. It becomes a real problem. 
Hey there, Internet. Welcome back to the Game Boys podcast. My name is Deluxe. I'm still your host, your Coastal Griffin Davis. Your guest is still Jesse Arlen Klein. And we're still talking about Fable, but this is the part of the game or part of the show where we rate that game. Boys, girls and friends beyond the binary. This is where we go in a quick little circle, give our final thoughts on the game and then a rating from one to five joysticks. Jesse, since you are our guest, common courtesy dictates you go first. So take it away. Uh, Yeah, I think I said at the beginning, like, I think this is a pretty like as far as a base for video games go, this is this is what your base level of video games like. It's a classic hero's journey. The more powerful you get, you feel more powerful. Like you come up against enemies that you can't beat. You get more powerful. You come back. You can beat them. You feel like you're accomplishing something. It's funny. It's well written. It's well written for any age in video games, but especially like 2004. Uh, I'm going to give it a solid four out of five joysticks because tons of fun. Have yourself a good time. All right. Checks out. That's a fair, an incredible rating. Um, so, you know, you guys have reminded me and really sold me on this game. Mm. Okay. Um, and that's going to really bring it up. You remind me a lot of fun. And it's going to kind of definitely laid the foundation for what a lot, a lot of RPGs would do sense. And, you know, it doesn't take itself seriously in, in the story. We've got to appreciate that. Most games are a, a very grim, serious fest. Uh, but I got to talk about the promises that were broken, guys. Uh, the, ga- the game of promises that yeah. Molyneux made. I don't see any acorns uh, growing into trees. Uh, Molyneux promised that every single uh, animal would have uh, a unique voice actor. Uh, Molyneux promised that the NPCs in this game would know me better than my own family. Which is true. So two out of three. <laughs> yeah. He as got soon as wrong. they yelled, as soon as they yelled, chicken shit boy, while I was walking down the street, I was like, oh, you do get me. <laughs> you see right into my soul. So one out of three you got right, two out of three you got wrong. And that's gonna dock you some points. Guys, it's a four out of five for me. Alright. I am absolutely in consensus agreement at the four out of five. I think it's super fun, it's super good. I think Fable 2 does a better job of basically everything Fable 1 is trying to do. I also think that Fable 1 is a little bit silly in a way that isn't always as like Fable 2 just like hits the balance exactly right. And Fable 1's a little bit off off kilter. Um, but yes, yeah, so this game, it's a four out of five for me as well. Um, and it rips. I love this game. I, I like it a lot. I was in fact, while I was getting ready for this episode, I played it a little bit. And I'm so, so what I'll do sometimes on the show is I'll get a copy of the game and have it on my laptop and play it for like a day or two. Um, and I don't always finish it or whatever, but I think I might actually stick around and just play through all three Fable games again now that I've like dipped my toe back in the world. <laughs> quick, a quick dip and play all three. Uh, we've ruined your life. Plus hour games. <laughs> I'm not gonna hundred percent all of them. What's well, sure. the crazy thing about about this cat is he can play like a ninety hour game in like a day somehow. That's I'm good That's at insane. video games as long as they're the kind of video games I'm good at. You told me that Fire Emblem was a 45-hour game. I hit the 45-hour mark, and the, the game went, part two, begin. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's crazy. I'm at hour, I think I'm at hour 83 right now, and I'm about to beat my second playthrough. Huh. Um, well, that makes more sense. Well, no, combined between both runs. Oh, insane. Okay. <laughs> Some sort um, of time I'm a mastermind hack. Mastermind fire emblem. Weird time yeah. hack. You don't read the text then. I do. Oh, okay. We can get into that. I got. I read so fast. Oh, wow. Okay. I, I, All right, well, I'll, I'm a reading. I'm a reading Rainbow Racer. 
is what instead they call of, me. Instead of uh, using archery, he just read a bunch of books and increased <laughs> wow. that skill. Brutally accurate roast on my youth. Because <laughs> 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 uh, that is exactly how it happened. Um, all right, let's, you got a segment? I do, I do, I do. This one's called Horns or Halos. It's similar to Toxic or Toxic, but it's fable-themed. Nice. And it's sort of about choices you might make in a video game world and whether nice. or not you'd get a horn or a halo. So first, this is from Mass Effect 3, a notably ambiguous game. (laughs) A species of aliens has created a genocidal disease, but the (laughs) aliens that they're genociding keep doing genocides of their own. Do you stop the disease or or is stopping the disease horns or halos? Okay, so the disease kills one of the species. Right. But that Straight species up. keeps killing other species. A real, uh, real watchman scenario. Yeah, I'm. I, and yeah, IMO. I'm fed up with these people and the tangle of their lives. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I think or whatever that quote you is. You okay, almost so, nailed it. That was really good. <laughs> okay, so here it is. It's complicated because you get horns for genociding anyone, but it's good horns like you've you've horns for a right reason you can do bad things for a good reason and yeah that's right and so i think that's the bush doctrine that is the that is on the the bush fucking coat of arms oh no sorry that's what they amended the statue of liberty poem to. yeah that most recently you can do bad things for good reasons Give me like, your, why is this in the harbor? That's Peter Molyneux said about Fable. Okay, moving on. Give me your poor, but only if they're rich. Uh, or elite. Yeah. Gamers. Give me, me your hungry or tired, but not too hungry or tired to work at my store. Yeah. Uh, no, I think you get horns, but it's like, it's a complicated good horns. You, yeah, you, you done it. You done a genocide, mm-hmm. but you done a genocide for a good reason. Yeah, he's got Walter White horns. Mm. All right. Halo or horns. You're a plumber. A dragon kidnaps a princess. You sure. smash all of the ar- infrastructure and destroy many local residents of a kingdom in order to get her back. Horns or halo? Damn, it's a, it's another. It's a classic. You got a horns, and uh, you got the princess, but at what cost? No, I think full on horns. I think it's full I think horns. It, I think it's complicated. You don't know what the situation is between Bowser and Peach. I, I'm just naming them that arbitrarily. Uh, <laughs> you don't know what the, you don't know what that is. Uh, then you got these two genocidal brothers just coming through. They bring their dinosaur horse with them, and they just fucking murder your entire. They murder all your children. And yeah, uh, just to get Peach back, Lemmy, Roy, Iggy, all names I made up right now, all yeah. murdered in the name of this pursuit. It's unclear who works for Bowser, and he does go into sort of a John Wick esque rage or a Taken esque rampage. Mm. Um, we do know at the end of uh, Super Mario Odyssey uh, that that Peach exercises her right to choose. Neither of Bowser nor Mario. Good. Uh, so in that context, uh, I mean, I don't know. It's complicated. It's a horns for me, too. Mm-hmm. All right. Nice. And then our final one. Um, hold on. I remembered all of the first of you have to pull up my notes really fast. No, I mean, while you're looking it up, I mean, 
Mario straight up kills those Hammer Brothers. Those are just some blue collar workers. That's true. Trying to trying to build things that he's destroyed. Yeah, like they they voted for Bowser, but just because they wanted to shake up the system. Like, yeah, it's it like, was a it's, protest. It vote. was a protest because they were. I mean, who else were they going to vote? It was for? a real Brexit no one, no one scenario. Daisy. No one thought Bowser was going to win, so they did it as a joke. Yeah, yeah. It was well, a Brexit. No, scenario. not as a joke, Lux. Because as a gesture. The system. The system has, you know, <laughs> has failed them. But those two guys are just contractors building things. And then these two plumbers come in and fuck their shit up. Yeah. All right. Finally. They are you. racist, though. <laughs> <laughs> Finally. The Hammer Brothers? Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Finally, you are an orc leader of the clans. And now it's time to decide. Do you leave your orcs on the land where they live fighting the humans or take them back through a portal? Or wait, sorry, you take your orcs from the land where they're fighting humans <laughs> through a portal where they have to live in weird outer space town. Horns or Halo? So you you go you, t- you take your people on an Exodus journey to space? Yeah. But back to your home. Yeah, but it's been... So it's an Exodus back home. Devastated. Oh, yeah. Uh, mm. mm. Wow, this is really an Israel-Palestine kind of thing, right? That's what you're alluding to? Something more Azeroth Draenor, but your call. <laughs> I'm a, I think, I guess, I guess taking them back, would would that full-on genocide your people too? No, it just it puts would, them in danger, but it does stop the war. Yeah, okay, that's a halo. Stopping war is good. Hmm. And sometimes you have to pay a steep price in order for peace. Hey, I, tell us to Call uh, of Duty. <laughs> I think it's a, it's a classic false choice. You know, I think that there should be ways to live in harmony with the humans. Mm. And you should strike a deal. I'm a deal maker. Uh, strike a deal. Real president deals over here. <laughs> <laughs> I think you strike a deal. Art of the orcish deal. It's free real estate. Hey. Not in Draenor, but it's not good real estate. Hey, it's free real estate. But it's bad real estate. Bad real estate. Free. Hey, you can build anywhere, man. Yeah. Um, so things that aren't bad or real estate. Jesse, you've been a fucking super rad guest. Where can the people find more of you should they so seek you, it? You guys do the plugs. My car's about to get a ticket. Oh, yeah, go. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at JessKlein1. That's J-E-S-S-K-L-E-I-N, the number one. Uh, you can see me monthly perform with Haymaker. Uh, you might see some of the articles I've written on bunnyears.com. Shout out to Macaulay Coken. Whoa, wait, what? <laughs> He's the guy who, he like owns Bunny Ears. Oh, that's cool. I did not know that. Yeah, I've uh, never met him. <laughs> well, Griffin's at Shut Up Griffin on Twitter, I think. I can't remember. Maybe it's at Griffin P. Davis. We do this every week, but I still don't remember. Sure. Um, and uh, my only thing is that PWR, the wrestling show that I do every three months, is going up in about three weeks and change. Uh, so we need your help to fund it on the Indiegogo, like we always do. So go check out igg.me slash at slash ghost mall. That's the theme this time. It's about a haunted mall. It's going to be great. Um, you can get shirts, tote bags, etc. there. It's totally worth it. And you're going to love it. So go donate there. And on that note, that's going to do it for us today. Uh, my name is Lux. I'm your host. Your co-host is Griffin Davis. Your guest is Jesse Arlen Klein. Your editor and producer is Haley Clemen. Your international music by Matthew Borden. Your artist by Brittany Metz. Goodbye, Internet. We love you very much. Fate.